tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome, everybody, to season two, episode 13 of The Psychologists Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today we have an amazing guest for an amazing episode of Psych. We are talking about lights, camera, Homicidio, with the outstanding writer of the episode and one of our favorite human beings in the whole entire world, Andy Berman. This episode is jam-packed with so many memories and delicious snacks from Kelly Crafty. Please enjoy. Hi, Tim. Hey, Maggie. Andy. Hey, hey guys. That's my real <laughs> voice, actually. Up until like I was 27, that was my real voice. Oh, no, my Maggie, God. I know it's, it's a holiday. It's Memorial Day 2022. But yet I know you're ready to podcast the shit out of it because you're never not ready to podcast the shit out of our podcast. Oh, my God. I mean, it, this is like the invite of the century every time it comes oh in. Oh, my God. You're so funny. We And we've, I, we feel the same about you. Like, it's like, oh, my God, Andy, Andy's available. Andy can do it. We're so yeah, Darling listeners, that, of course, is the voice of our beloved Andrew Berman. Yes. Oh, hey, guys. So, so what happened? Saul Rubinek canceled last minute, or what? <laughs> what was like? <laughs> um, we didn't reach out to Saul. You oh got the call. It was you just you. Have. It was just you and only you, Andy. Once he hears this, he's gonna. I know. We actually should have. We actually should have. Um, yeah. Wonder if he. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Maybe we could do I a bonus step with Saul. I have a um, psychic premonition about Saul coming up in the um, episode. This oh. is what I want to say. This is what I want to say about Saul, though, uh, is that this is an example. This is season two, right? This is an example of yeah. me feeling like I'm using USA as my rich parents to buy me <laughs> somebody for a week. <laughs> like, oh, you're going to pay the money to get in. Saul Ruminick's going to get on a plane and come up to Vancouver and he has to be there because he's being paid. And I get to like hang out with him and talk with him for like a week and like watch him work. It was amazing. I, I mean, love it. I mean, true romance. Oh, I mean, gosh. just like, I mean, these so are like great. iconic. Like for me, Saul Rubinick was like, I was giddy, giddy yeah. when I, I showed it, up at the production office and like, there he was like, I just was pinching myself the whole time. I so think I just he, sat on set and asked Saul um, unforgiven story questions. Oh, yeah. From possibly my favorite Western ever. If anybody's I mean, keeping he, score at home. He's just like great in every single thing that he's ever been in, yeah. including this. No, he's so, so good in this. Was he your like pick? Was he just your first pick? You were like, I want Saul Rubinick. No, I'll tell you, I didn't think this again. This is season two. These lists would be put together and this was all like winning the lottery. Like I would never at that point suggested 
because we didn't have people. He's one of the early ones that came up, you know what I yeah, mean? By, yeah. Once the word got out and how fun the show was and how enjoyable it was, it became easier and easier. And we got some of the best guest stars in the history of TV, right? Collectively. Yeah, but it was but still early. These were pioneers. I mean, for Saul Rubinick to jump on a plane and come, he was early on. Totally. So I, and I wouldn't have like, I didn't know we could get people like that. Like I wouldn't have thought to like, just make a list of people like that. And Dream I think people. he was right. just on a list from casting. And, and then I'm sure it was Steve and everybody else who just jumped on that and was like, oh my God, that'd be great. So, so it's uh, huge. He's, he was a big one. He was a big, he was an early one, like you said, to come up and kind of hang. We were all a bit like, whoa, yeah. whoa. So Andy. Yes. What, how, <laughs> okay, what made you want, what brought you to a telenovela, um, uh, lights, camera, Hama studio? Like, where did this, where did this idea come from? I feel like this is a, one of our bigger, bold, yes. like, moves, you know? And it was, and it was early. And go ahead. I mean, I, I feel like, as always, I have to credit Steve with jumping on board because, I don't think it would have been harder and harder to do this episode even later. I don't know why, but I just feel like he was a kid in the candy store. It was like, if you were thinking about worlds and funny places to just the world of a Spanish soap opera seemed obscure, seemed big, seemed broad, but seemed like something, I don't know, to me, it just seemed so fun. Yeah. And again, it was a pinch me like, what? That got approved? Like we're diving into that. And if you remember, I think that was one of the first episodes we did. It was the first episode we did the, we did the titles. We did the yes. opening credits in Spanish. It was so cool. So we, I think we've that was the first time he changed up the credits. Yeah, this was also, it feels like this is sort of the first um, almost homage episode. It was the first like totally crazy outside of the box episode for a standard TV show to do, certainly for our show to do. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, I mean, it was one of the, I mean, I'm proud of it. And I, I just love that this made it through like, and it is one of those. And I think, I think James feels that way too. I think this was yeah. one of his faves and he dove into this role. Like, yes, he loved yeah. it. And his, yeah. his Spanish is fantastic. And his, I mean, he really is. I mean, he embraces this character. And, and it's funny. Cause I thought about it. I was like, Rode Rodriguez. Like, I feel like we, like we at least should have had that in the credits. Uh, I know, uh, but you know, he actually said, I think he had to study up a bit because you know, his Spanish actually isn't that great. Like he, in I, real kn life. I knew that maybe but it I, is now, maybe it's better now. But at the time he was like, dude, I, I don't actually speak a ton of <laughs> Spanish. So like, I'm going to have to learn some of this. Yeah. 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 He was, it was really good though. Um, I feel like you have the, you were the one who pushed Boulder. I mean, season one, we had a cat. Yeah. Solving. I mean, so I feel like if, if there was going to be somebody to like push us into a, like, let's see what we can get away with mode, it was going to be Andy. Well, by the way, making it Spanish, like we could have done the soap opera world. Like I think my first instinct made, was behind yeah. the scenes, in front of the camera, behind the camera, really fun, right? The idea of the performative thing and like the, of taking a play on like Hollywood and all of that, but we couldn't do Hollywood classic because we wouldn't have been able to do it. Well, we couldn't have gotten like the right atmosphere and the mm -hmm. right thing that would feel like really. So we could really do the shit out of like a Spanish soap opera because we were built for that, right. Our production value and, yeah. and like what their production value would be was like perfect, I think. And then God bless Alex Manessas. 
because oh, she's she, so good. She's so probably, great. Eventually, she did tell a novella. She did. She ended up doing that series on what was it? ABC or she did? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know that yeah. was. But she knew that world. She knew. She knew everything, and she came up to play. Like oh. she also got the show and got like James and got Dulé and like knew. Like I think she was having. She was just game, and that was like we had an embarrassment of riches on the guest star front on this. We one. did. In they watching were, this, I was realizing like a decade before she was actually at my house once for a barbecue with some friends because I think our friend Jensen had done um, a, either an episode of some TV with her or her uh, boyfriend at the time. Uh, so I was like, that's weird. Alex was at my house and now I'm on TV with her. She was she was so great. And then you guys would probably get to this next, but I'll just say it. Matt Shackman again. I know. So Matt Shackman, you know, I mean, this was a big episode in a lot of ways. Lots of people, the you know, having cameras behind cameras, shooting cameras, you yeah. know, and like coordinating all of that and doing, you know, that that live thing that we had. And um, the so sets fun. were great for this. Do you remember how great the sets were with the big staircase? Like the thing, it just looked major so sets. fun and real and... It was. I mean, and I think, I don't know if that's, I'm guessing that is less expensive because we literally just got to shoot in a stage so much of this. And as the like golf carts were driving around and like you see James walking and I'm like, oh, our trailers were right over there. Like that was our lot. I was going to say in um, that opening, not quite the opening, but once we get into the episode and the boys are driving in the um, golf carts, Mm -hmm. they're right. That little alleyway right by stage one was the um, kind of the back alleyway where I used to take Lucy and because it had oh. such low traffic. There was never anybody driving around her. Back behind the stages there. Yeah, there back was behind the stages. Run. I would mm-hmm. throw her tennis ball and run her in between if I had 20 minutes off between lighting sets. So, right back there, there was that kind of a hind up in the woods. There was like an animal trainer who, who kept like wolves there. Oh, really? Yeah, like kind of behind that that grassy area. Oh, I didn't know up that. Up on that There's hill, there was like this sanctuary. strange kind of like... Can I yeah. can I say one other like giddy writer thing that's like... Say all of always, them. Like, well... Like when you're first writing and and things are being produced on TV, like there's a certain joy in like uh, things that people don't pay attention to. Like, oh, you somebody you guys are knocking on a door in an apartment building and and I would do 214 is the door. And I write that into the script because I lived in an apartment, you know, up near running Canyon. And I lived in 214 for like six years. And like, so I just do that. And of course, nobody questions that because why, why would it matter whether it's 214 or 310? And then the props are putting, you know, the numbers up on the thing. And it's just like, there's all these little Easter eggs for the writer of just things that are personal. And this is one thing I wrote in the script that again, like a giddy, like, I can't believe that adults had to like follow through on this, but that line in the opening sequence when he goes, is that a guy dressed in, as toast? Yeah. Yeah. And like all of a sudden on the day, there's a foam thing that's a piece of toast <laughs> with a head in it. And like somebody had to like design it and then they had to construct it. And then an actor you realize had to you're like, godlike powers. Oh my God, well, how funny. Powers, but it just makes you laugh so hard. It was just yeah. like some weird thing in your head and it triggers this machine that of, of what tv is this huge production that like you know <clears throat> i'm just going back to season two andy like this is how i felt about you know everything 
It's so, I love when you, I love how, how giddy you are. It's like that for us every week too, but it's fun to talk to you because you, you have that, like you're, yeah, we like all kind of tap into, to whatever was happening then. I just love that though. You like write this and you're just like, I'm just going to put here that there is someone dressed as toast. Then there's the production meeting and they're like, okay, so, uh, (laughs) somebody's gotta, so in here it says in scene, uh, two here, we have, uh, we have someone dressed in toast. So what should that look like? Is it, um, what is it? Wonder what do you want? What do you I'm want? Sure, Meister I'm Berman? sure that question went to Shackman and then he was questioning his whole like DGA membership and everything. And just like, Guys, I, I don't care. Like whatever, a piece of butter toast, like, you know, would there be butter on it? Would it seem glistening? Like, I'm sure they were asking him all kinds of questions about it. Um, I wasn't part of that, but there it was. But you got to imagine it. You got to imagine. Got to imagine it. Put it in the script and then there was a guy. I have to dressed. shout out the name of the actual, the actual name of the telenovela in this. I think I, I got it correctly. It was, um, Expl- I mean, granted, I don't speak Spanish. It was in Spanish, so I had to translate it with my non-Spanish speaking mind. It was um Explosion of Gigantica Romance. Explosion, I think it was. Yes. Andy. Oh, it's so good. You always made us laugh. <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait to get into season three, too. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh my gosh, of course, Bueller. Um, and yeah, yeah anyway, yeah. yeah. That's I'll the, probably I'll I'll probably chime in when you guys are doing the synopsis or whatever. But one thing I was really like, these clues weren't terrible. There were a couple of weird ones, but there these red herrings and the track oh. of like who might it have been was kind of like not that terrible. It was like Andy, pretty, pretty pretty interesting. Twist, I wrote actually. yes it, in 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 this whole. I mean, the world is so big and it's so exciting and it was so fun to do and. But this actually was one that I was like, this is a really good case. <laughs> and like a really good, I really, I was, I had the same thing. I don't want to be like surprised by that, but it was sort of like, this is, this was, there were a lot of twists. Yeah, there were twists in there. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, well, I'll let you guys like when you do the synopsis, but yeah, there were a couple that I was like, hey, that's not, te- that's not terrible. And it may, and it, there was an emotional backdrop to it too. And, and things that made sense, you know, becoming obsessed with the soap and then realizing it was probably somebody obsessed with the soap, Henry jumping on board of the obsession too. And yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. And we were all, yeah, we all watched it. And then Chief Vic's watching it at one point. I also really loved, and I'm not sure it'll probably be in the synopsis, but just in case it's not the, uh, officer Henzy, how he's bald. It's in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> Chris Henze, we love you, Chris Henze, is bald. Yeah. So that's a double but Look episode. who's laughing now. Look who's <laughs> laughing now all these years. Later. I had curly hair and like a whole bit. Like, I may as well be Officer Henze. So back-to-back episodes of our amazing <laughs> podcast where we get Chris Henze shout-outs. But this one, it's actually written to the show, which is, I'm sure is that reverse meta. I'm not sure what it is. But um, yeah. Yeah, so there's a great shout-out to Officer Henze being bald. And Mr. Henze, our, our dear, l- beloved Executive producer is um less than um should we say follicular challenged? Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent way of putting it. I feel like though maybe at some point he it was like a real choice. Like he wears it very oh, well. I think I think, he, I think that man. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's very good. You do too, Andy. But you're not bald. God. It's it's yeah. You just are 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 uh, you know summer cut. There's summer cut. <laughs> I just wanted to cool off. That's all it is. Yeah. I did just start cutting my hair during COVID. Like I did just start buzzing it and not going for haircuts. And then I just kept it. Oh, I no. like it. I like it. I actually, I really do. I think it looks really good. I think it looks really good on Thank you. Thank you. Especially Thank you. with these butterscotch glasses. 
You don't hear Tim chiming in on that because <laughs> no, I, not, I, was, you know, I was waiting for her to finish he, her sentence. You look fantastic, Andy. Well, we, you know, and I was just you how, at this point in the show of all our lives, we'd taken you up the grass grind. We had not killed you yes. as much as you thought you were going to die. And suddenly it, we're back on, we're back on the North shore making TV. Yeah. I think I well, love so much about watching this episode is seeing how much of those, of that lot was used in, in the episode. And we kind of touched on this already, but. It's like it was our home for eight years, and it was yeah. so fun to see. Yeah, like oh, that's where our trailer's were, and that's that one. That oh, I'm shooting that one scene there for that one episode. And yeah, yeah, that's wild. It was that's a wild. great trip down memory lane. Um, so many days there. Too. So many days. All right, let's jump in, guys. Episode thirteen: Lights, Camera, Homicidio. Everybody, chime in. Cut me off. Uh, I have notes of uh, myself too. Um, all right, pineapple sighting. I actually got this one. Oh, tell us. Tell I'm us. so excited. I got it. It's not a sighting. It's a, it's an audible on set. A, um, a PA brings Chad played by James Roday Rodriguez. Let me roll that a little Rodriguez. Ooh. Um, mm. pineapple peeking <laughs> in my ears. Dumplings. That, it was a purr. Oh, so he brings him. Okay. Right. Finish. What is he? What is it? What is a, what is the, what does she bring him? Pineapple peeking dumplings. Yeah, from craft service. Um, that's right, and and uh, just a, a fun fact: Kelly from craft service was actually our craft service was her name was Kelly, so that's another one. And you can tell there's a very special relationship between um, Andy's stomach and uh, our amazing Kelly Crafty what, because wait. she gets like five shoutouts in this episode. Yes. Well, also, can we tell the dirty little secret about Crafty in general and production? Like, it, as as a person, like you would say. Wow, if somebody just cut up sliced fruit for me, fresh kiwi and and pineapple and apples and whatever, I would eat it. You know, it's just the I don't think of it and it's like, but if it was in front of me, I would be eating a lot healthier. When you go to the craft service table, that's there. <laughs> there's all kinds of fresh fruit that's cut up. And then there's like kind bars, and then there's like Reese's peanut butter cups. And Depending then on cap- how good the craft service person is. But and then so, uh, you just end up taking handfuls of Captain Crunch and like chocolate kisses and walking away. Like you don't end up eating. The can fruit. we talk about the? Wait, um, there's, there's a, a Berman special. There's a though. Berman special. Yeah, called let's, the Berman Fire Duke. It was um, what it was cashews and something and cashews, almonds and honey. It was a. Uh, uh, it was almonds, raisins, apples, bananas, and honey. So you would just hear someone on on the, uh, the bowl. a PA on the radio say. Yeah, can we get some Berman's nuts over here? Dulé <laughs> <laughs> loved Berman's nuts. Well, so does Jasmine now, and so does Maggie. And the couple times when we've been up there, um, and you haven't been on, uh, on, or maybe were, on the first movie for sure, but the the last movie we did, um, we couldn't have anybody else up, and uh, and that was every day, every day oh. we all, we all ordered Berman's nuts. Nice, nice. Yes. <laughs> I love that you guys are eating my nuts. We love your nuts. Thank <laughs> Wait, you. Always I don't have, know. always will. <laughs> They're sweet. Something's never going to change, sweet. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> sweet and salty. It, they really cover all the food groups. They really do. They're nutritious. Stop. Crunchy yeah. yet chewy. <laughs> okay. Chewy. Oh, boy. I love ButcherBox. It's just so easy. But but even more than that, um, I love that you can get high-quality meat in a more ethical and sustainable way. Um, I think they are doing it better. I really do. Meal prepping is difficult, but uh, ButcherBox makes it easy. ButcherBox is a subscription service that takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat. 
ButcherBox sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. This is so important to me. I think that is my favorite thing about ButcherBox um, is the more sustainable and ethical practices that they have with their beef, their chicken, their seafood, everything. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Free shipping for the continental U.S. No antibiotics or added hormones. Also very, very, very important. Each box contains 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box you choose. That is enough for 24 individual meals. It's just so nice. Comes right to your door. This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Did you hear that? Free for life. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. Log on to butcherbox.com slash pineapple to claim this deal. Anyway, so we've got the uh, pineapple sighting out of the way. Uh, also, when Jorge, oh, hold on, there are two pineapple sightings. When Jorge is packing in his studio, there is a pineapple right next to the box. We all missed that. I love it. Okay, here we go. Cold open. Henry attentively watches a soap opera on the television. He tries to, yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm raising my hand. Question. (laughs) Question for the the co-host. Yes. And actually in our writer since he's here. Um, I thought in in him watching the soap opera, I thought he was watching himself in a soap opera. Didn't that actor not look like Corbin Burson? Oh, I can oh. see that. I can see that a little. It's like Corbin kind of a shaggy wig. I'd actually pause and go back several times to watch it because I thought he was watching because Corbin has done some soap work. Oh, I wonder if... Uh, yes, I he has. Yeah. Yeah, he has. Oh, interesting. Oh. All right. So uh, he tries to cover up the fact that he enjoys it by teaching Sean a lesson about acting. Cut back to present time. Sean and Gus ride a golf cart around a television studio, which was our lovely studios that we shot at for eight years. Gus is thrilled to learn this week's case is about his favorite telenovela. Sadly, Sean and Gus aren't needed because apparently they have actual footage of one of the actors stabbing his castmate. Uh, Sean notices the knife and how the actor is surprised when he stabbed the guy, meaning it was accidental murder. Thank you. Instead of a prop knife, it was replaced with a real one. (gasps) Sean and Gus are back on the case. Back at the station, uh, Sean and Gus perform the stabbing in front of the chief. Yes. Um, Sorry. So while they're on the set of the telenovela, that's when the, as we touched on already, the sandwich truck, the sandwich cart goes by. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, the favorite words on any set are <laughs> referred to a crew, a crew's ears are, sandwiches are here. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is, I mean, the set, on, food on a movie TV set is, is a ridiculous thing. But on our show specifically, Do you know, when, do you know like, when sandwiches come out, Tim? Do you know what time sandwiches come it's out? It's like 10 a.m., I think. Well, it's four hours after crew call. Oh, it's for, I could never figure out, because yeah. I would like, they've already, you show up to work, you've already, you're given breakfast. And then four, four hours after crew call to get the blood sugar up, they bring out these amazing sandwiches. Yes. Which here's an insider tip I learned the hard way. You got to remember, the sandwiches are really for the, for the crew, not, they should be for the cats, because I suddenly started putting out weight, because I, because Kelly's sandwiches were so amazing. amazing. Yeah, and Kelly Crafty, just... I got a shout out again. Whenever I work in Vancouver, I always ask for a, a crew call, I mean a crew sheet. And she's, her name is the first crew member's name I look for to see who's doing craft service because I've never experienced, uh, out of all the work I've done after psych, 
as good a craft service person as Kelly Crafty? It, it basically, I would eat though. That was my lunch usually was eating the crafty sandwiches, like the chicken salad, tuna salad, egg salad. I love those. Yeah, she but was then, so good. So was good. It, then one day, like I think we're really early on in season two, uh, no, season one now. I was sort of going, what am I putting on weight? Oh, that's right. Because it's a cold, rainy day and Kelly would suddenly show up with a tray of hot, fresh Reuben sandwiches. Yes. Oh, right. How do you say no to that? Right. You couldn't. Would... <laughs> no, she was the best. Kelly was the best. I just want to make sure I was recording. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, so, so Shauna goes before the stabbing in front of the chief. Apparently, the producers temporarily pulled the perp and uh, actor off of the show. Gus is furious because he's in the middle of a very, very important love triangle on the show. Sean mentions he senses a long hair in the evidence bag uh, and that it should be tested. Yes. Are we, are we in Vic's office now? Yes. Right? Okay, I have a yes. psychic premonition. For our show. <laughs> so this during this scene in Vic's office, the credits are rolling. And we see the name of our guest star, the great Sal Rubinek. Yes. And the second premonition part is that both Kirsten and I are in the scene. And in 2012, Kirsten and I would both go on to do an episode of Warehouse 13 with Sal. Oh. Which was also shot by, by our DP from season one, season two, our amazing cinematographer, Mike, Mike McMurray, who we all love dearly. You all did an episode of Warehouse 13? I didn't 13? realize that. Me neither. Sorry, In what? Toronto? You did an episode of Warehouse 13? Yeah, and Kirsten just happened to be that, that same episode. <laughs> I had crazy. no idea. That's so we, we very got cool. we to dinner together in Toronto, and um, and Mike was our DP, which was a lovely thing to see our old pal Mike back. Love Michael McMurray. All right. Okay, Sean mentions he senses a long hair in the evidence bag and that it should be tested. Also, we hear about a character, oh good, Devin put it in here, named Officer Henzi. Uh, any chance that's inspired by, oh, I don't know, Chris Henze? Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, okay. At the station, Lasseter and Juliet hectically walk around chatting about the case. Juliet notices a new cop who just happens to be so female. I gotta say, Juliet, thank God, is back in the pantsuit. I, wa- I am. I, 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 it was good. I liked seeing the pantsuit again, Not thank God, because I really liked the, um, yeah, seriously. the softer, more casual Juliet O'Hara. Yeah wardrobe but um it was fun to see like that lasted for a couple episodes then somebody went no we got to get her back in the pants and to remind everyone she's a cop yeah i think it was really good it was really good for this episode too because my no hair was purses. a little different no more purses though remember <laughs> purses when you and kirsten used to run into crime scenes with your guns out but you had purses still on like, like what i know i know <laughs> well we never knew where our guns were and then, and then uh, later on, they just appear magically in, in certain scenes. But, um, okay, unfortunately, the new cop is incredibly rude. And Sean tells the actor being framed he knows he's innocent. They look at a photograph of his family, have a funny bit about his sister looking like a man. Yes. The little uh, observation. You can tell that Laster and O'Hara are becoming close in their partnership. Because Laster is now pick it, picking up on O'Hara's fashion sense. Because now Laster is in the Pepto Pink red family. I'm wearing a red tie. I knew that. So I saw her, that. Her color sense has um, start, her color se- fashion sense has started to invade uh, or transfer over to old Lasseter. I would like to think that we check in in the mornings before we get to work and we try to coordinate so that we match. Make sure nothing clashes. Well, in reality, sense. you could probably thank Officer Henzi for that. He he was probably paying attention to he was the wardrobe and dictating certain color. Absolutely, changes. he was. Which I is actually also really like in real this. life how Maggie and I check in on our wardrobe before we're getting it together to make sure we're not we do we're wearing complimentary colors i sent him five sent him five pictures before i go anywhere i'm like which one which one okay 
Uh, Sean tells the actor being framed he knows he's innocent. They look at a photo. Oh, we already went through that. Okay. Um, hold on. Sean notices that the frame is broken and there are scratch marks on the wall. It's from his female co-star. We hear glass breaking in the background. Quintessa, the co-star, begins throwing objects at the head writer. Sean and Gus speak to her and Gus attempts to snatch a piece of her hair. Apparently, she is hooking up with one of the cast members or in Sean, Sean terms, boinking. <laughs> um, we've missed one of my favorite lines, which is... Oh, which one? I was curious you draw this, where um, Sal is talking... Sal, the head writer of the show, is talking to um, a crew member, and he says, no, that line's, in, that line's been cut. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to them. They're actors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hmm, Andy Berman, how did you yeah. write that? Why did you write that line? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it was an improv. That was like not something written. Andy can write about actors because he's also an actor. True. I was self-hatred. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, is this also when we hear for the first time the Gus nickname Lavender Gooms? I believe it is. I think I it was. It a, I think that was a psych. So our second psych first, the first psych first was a then this episode in itself because it was the first to set up our crazy wacky world episodes yeah yes it was it was a big one this was a really big one um okay sean and gus do a classic scooby-doo and split up gang (laughs) sean enters as they shoot a scene from the show sean gives directorial notes on how to flirt this cracked me off <laughs> it was so i wrote this down i was like the james and the, scene. the assistant funny. director the man with the headset i think has been on our show before i can't remember who was the jay um yes Bra- brazo was he the critic in um spelling bee maybe we this did is, that a lot yeah i just this know we good trivia we, this is good this is good to, trivia we should go back and find this yeah so Gus speaks with the uh, prop master. He attempts to fake stab the prop master, and he loves it. <laughs> Gus yeah. runs up to Sean, showing him his new toy, only to realize Sean is now a part of the telenovela. The makeup <laughs> that is out of control. Uh, his guyliner so and, and his bronzer is quite and the bronzer. fantastic. I was a little jealous. Did he have a birthmark? <laughs> I don't know. They put like a, I don't know. Oh, maybe like a little beauty mark, like a, yeah, like a or mole something. or something. Yeah. He, he had a good time. He had a good time with that one. Uh, a lot of, a uh, lot of body makeup and stuff too, I think. Juliet and Lasseter speak with one of the actresses uh, in the station. He, she mentions how the writers are crime geniuses sparking <laughs> an idea inside Lassie. Yes, Tim. That was another another line that was like, hmm, that sounds like it's written by Andy Berman. These mm-hmm. writers are geniuses. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Don't listen to the actors and the writers are geniuses. You're catching the themes. Yes. Yeah. So, exactly. Back in the studio, Gus gives Sean acting notes. Lassie arrives telling them to leave, only to discover his worst nightmare. They are part <laughs> of the show. Then the craft service lady uh, arrives, handing Sean some pineapple peeking ducklings, uh, d- dumplings. Uh, wow. I said ducklings. That's that's not good. Well, it's Peking duck, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So Sean hands uh, Lassiter a hair to test. Lassiter drops it, mentioning the hair from the knife isn't important. Shortly after, the writer's room gets interrupted by an angry Lassiter. Henry such, happens. Yes. Such classic jerky Lassie, the way he just kind of blows the hair away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's not, he's not very friendly here. Henry happens to be watching the telenovela at home and noticing Sean, a.k.a. Chad, the delivery man, on actual Speaking television. of jerky Lassie, Lassiter, when um, jerky Lassie, not Jack, not Lassie jerky, that's a different season. <laughs> when uh, the scene where Lassiter 
and O'Hara, or, or when O'Hara's talking to the new female cop and Lasseter's being rather jerky about, mm-hmm. go be BFFs, go um, braid each other's hair for all, have tea for all I care. And you give him such, you give me such a, a dirty look. It's just, I love Oh, it. yes, I do. Can I, I say also that as far as like big worlds too, it, it made me realize that like, we didn't, we skipped like 10 levels because normally you would say, well, what's the logic? You know, Sean's going to become involved, get, immerse himself in the world somehow. It could have been that he's going to become, uh, you know, assistant director, or he's going to be on the crew, or he's going to be doing hair and mate. Like, you know, no, he's going to get a starring role in the, you know, there's no <laughs> other way to do it. I mean, that's no. the most fun version is that he has to get in front of the camera. Like, and I think that set the standard for like episodes as we move forward. Every time you had a had like whether it's roller derby or whatever, it's not like you're going to be on the Southerns. You're going to be a you know in you're going to be roller skating. Like, immersive. In it. it's, yeah. You're going to be center stage. Yeah. You know the I other like cover his, is center stage. Yeah. I feel like his accent was a baby version of what we got in um, Psych Odyssey. Oh yes. His sort He's, of Tony Mon- Montana. Yeah, he's he he yeah. that's true. He does that really well. I think that's the thing too is like I felt like Andy you guys uh, as writers, I do think you pushed the relationships like I really do on the emotional side. Like I feel like we were always moving along in your episodes of like uh, emotional stuff being or or uh even like Lassiter and I bonding or uh pushing even James like I mean, I feel like as you all learned that he, you could put him in any situation and he was going to be incredible in it. Say, I mean, yeah. and, and, and Dulé as well, um, that, that this is sort of the beginning of it. Like, well, how far can we go? <laughs> yeah. I felt like this yeah. really did start to like push that. Um, okay. Hold on. So where were we saying? Oh, okay. We're at Henry's right. We learned that one of the actors attempted to kill himself as Juliet and Lassiter arrive at the hospital heading to his room. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Um, sorry. Major observation. O'Hara is back in the Pepto Pink family because you're, you're in a red I saw glass. It. I saw it. I so saw it. our, our viewers who were playing along with the, um, psych drinking, drinking, drinking game, which we talked about last episode of take a sip every time O'Hara's back in the red family they're now pretty sober because there was not a lot of you in in the red family this episode but we're back it's time for a break this is technically an ad break but our partners at calm want you to focus on yourself for a moment take a deep breath and let it out Relax wherever you are holding your tension. It is important to tune in and recenter, and Calm can help. We are partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. If you go to calm.com slash pineapple, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, and new content is added every single week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. I am a huge fan. I was a fan of Calm even long before we partnered with them uh, through the pod. It's 
it is really, really, really special. And um, I really love the bedtime stories. And I also, I love the movement um, meditation-wise. I often like a, a movement meditation as well. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm subscription at calm.com slash pineapple. Go to calm, C-A-L-M dot com slash pineapple for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. 40% off. It's so huge. That's calm.com slash pineapple. I love StoryWorth. It's so funny. Years and years ago, I kind of did my own version of this before StoryWorth existed, which thankfully it does now, um, with my grandmother uh, before she passed away. I just sort of came up with a whole bunch of questions and we sat and talked and it was such a special time to really get to know her and stories I had never known before. And now I'm doing, well, I'm doing StoryWorth, the same version of that with my grandfather. Um, yeah, one day we were chatting, I heard a story I hadn't heard and it got me wondering how many other things about him I don't know. Um, so that's why I got him StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your dad, father figure, grandfather, whoever, connect through uh, sharing stories and memories and it preserves them for years to come. Each week, StoryWorth emails your dad, grandfather, father figure, a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, what is one of your fondest childhood memories? Or uh, have you ever feared for your life? I think that's probably one of my favorites. It's just so thought-provoking and it can bring up a lot and it it usually leads to more than one story. Um, I have really enjoyed reading these answers um, I've discovered so many stories, memories, and things I never, I never really knew, um, which is is surprising after all these years. You know, I think that's what's so neat about it. After one year, StoryWorth combines all those questions and all the stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. I think that is so so special especially to be able to go back to it and and revisit to see the photos and have it all really in one place um i think that's i think that's really special give all of the fathers or father figures in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come story worth right now for a limited time you can save 10 dollars on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash pineapple that's story s t o r y worth W-O-R-T-H dot com slash pineapple to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash pineapple. Oh, Andy, are you drinking green tea? I'm drinking green tea. Oh, yes. that makes me, that's like nostalgic. All, all Andy, day, every day. Yes, you do. Whether I know. It's, whether it's a holiday or not, you know. <laughs> whether you're on is- set with us or not. That's right. There so no coffee for you? Is it only green tea all day? Just so you could see the perspective of how small I really am. <laughs> so I can write this is what I'm drinking. <laughs> Actual yes. size. That's so good. Uh, okay. Um, Sean notices another hair on the actor. We're at the uh, hospital now. The same hair from the earlier crime scene. Juliet and Lassiter receive a suicide note, which happens to be the same thing from one of the TV show scripts. Lassiter arrests the head writer as Juliet attempts to win over the new cop by giving her a cupcake. Henry complains to Sean about things his character has done. So funny. This this was great, yeah. Andy. It's just so good. Bringing Henry in like this was... Uh, 
it was so good. It like kept him a part of this episode and like- Didn't those writers really are geniuses. <laughs> exactly. Well, but then that's the interesting clue, right? Because it's personal between the two of them, this father-son thing. And like Henry, which seems like a goofy thing is actually what leads him to, to click in and realize, wait a yeah. minute, my dad can be obsessed with it. Somebody yeah, else could have. It's not, not, it's not so Look bad. in my eyes. It's your boy. It's your son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the see. first, in this scene is the first time that- um. We get an actual shout out of everyone's favorite sandwich, the Thanksgiving Day sandwich. Oh, right. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yes. I love that. That's a Kelly special, too. By the way, that's what put on the pounds for you because that's turkey stuffing yes. and bread and cranberries and, and, and all some that. turkey and some yeah. cranberry sauce. And of course, there's some mayo on there. Yeah. And it's, mayo. it's not a healthy sandwich. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's good. It's okay. not as healthy as Berman's nuts, that's for sure. <laughs> not my nuts. No. Everyone still prefers Berman's nuts. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> hang on. Uh, let's see. So they're blurring the lines between Sean's actions and his character's actions, right, Henry, uh, which makes Sean come to a realization. A fan may be the suspect. Apparently, the female cop from, the, uh, from earlier submitted a harassment complaint against Juliet. Juliet says she thought that uh, she and the chief were friends. Chief Vic tells her that she's wrong and offers her a piece of advice as a woman in the force. Then compliments her blouse. Oh, wait, I just want to point out my favorite moment in the episode, which I think might have been somewhere in this little pocket here, is mm -hmm. when he's exiting with Henry and there's the line of fans. Is that yes. now? Yes. And he's like, Dad, I'm not, he's like, you're doing this for your ego, for attention. He's like, I don't, I'm not doing this for attention. I'm trying to solve the kid. And then stops it without missing a beat and takes a picture <laughs> of the family. Photo bombs, yes. And she smiles and then goes back to, that's my, that's the episode to me. That like, is that the episode. The O'Hara Vic scene where um, Vic is telling her basically giving the life lessons if you can't be friends with with women in the uh, in the department, and that yeah I thought we were friends. She says you were wrong. That got a, an audible aww out of me when uh, I was watching it. You're so I good like in that in that scene. Oh, I I loved that scene. I and another mm -hmm. another thing like not a lot of scenes with uh, just the the chief and Jules having a yeah. a moment and and um, thank you, Andy. It's um, one of the psychic firsts. Psychic firsts, yeah. All right, so Sean and Gus visit the writer in custody, uh, explaining uh, the uh, that Sean's character will be the next victim of attempted murder since she cheated on Corinne. They set up a plan. At least they were supposed to. During Sean's costume change, Gus admits he wasn't watching the prop table, which is where Sean's potential murder weapon would be. Sean realizes who the murderer is. Sean attempts to explain in Spanish, and Henry mocks him for his high school Spanish. <laughs> That's true. The cameraman pans over to the actual murderer. Uh, you can do, it that was one. The, do that one again. The hold actual on. One the man. cameraman pans over to the actual murderer. It was the crafty lady. She confesses, then threatens uh, it's, oh, it's that it's Sean's turn to die. Lassiter runs on to protect Sean. Uh, Lassiter says, hola, on live TV. One of my favorite Lassiter bits ever. With the camera. It's the greatest. Realizing it's live and gives his best high school, or no, he says junior high school Spanish. Oh, it's so. But it was your moment when you realized that you're caught in the lens and you just don't know what to, that's great. It's, it's very great. like little boy. It was so, so, so cute. Uh, uh, yes, you like cheese. Okay, at the end of the episode, Sean, Gus, and Henry watched the show at his place. The telenovela novella buries Sean's character in a well. <laughs> only for him, only for him to float to the top alive. 
<laughs> it's so good. Well, by the way, this it's has so to good. be said because James is not here, but this was almost, the, it was, was the beginning and almost the end of me and James because from this moment on, a rule was made. He did this because he was being nice, mm-hmm. but it never happened again, the, the going underneath water. Okay, so is this the episode? Because I knew somewhere this early- This is the and- episode where he had to go under. It was a water tank on the soundstage. Yeah. We did it at the end. It was his last shot that he needed to do. He had to do it twice. I think we had to draw him off. I forget. Or maybe he only would do it once. But it was like, he did it to be nice. And then it was like, from that moment on, there was a rule. It was probably <laughs> a note card that was up in the writer's room. James doesn't go under, I'll hang upside down and doesn't go underwater. And I did both of those things to him. But- <laughs> I gotta say, Bounty Hunters, he hung upside down. I remember. Never gonna do that again. No, no wire work and no uh and no water work. But underwater in a tank on a soundstage is very different than in the water in English Bay. That's true. That's true. That's true. But again, just water in general, you have to start underneath the water and and then like rise up above it. And well, I have I have uh I'm gonna bust that rule because I'm pretty oh. sure in Mr. Yin presents when Abigail is under the water, doesn't he go under or is that all Byron? Did he and Henry go under to save her? You know, that's a good question. But he wrote that. But, right? but he wrote so that. He so if he did yeah. it, then he was he, then yeah, but it was otherwise don't <laughs> that gets crossed out. Don't yes, write unless him James underwater. writes it. Okay, yeah. got it. That's so funny. Okay, fan questions. Um, okay, tell us about the studio lot set. Is it a real lot? We, we've kind of addressed it. Yeah. It was our lot. Yeah. It was our home. It wasn't just it was our, our lot. It was our home away from home for eight years. And also, it it was, a, um, you know, I would say kind of dreamy to just be able to have a, an episode almost entirely on, because we're either in the police station for the most part. I think there's like a couple of Henry also in the police, I mean, also in... um on a stage was the interior of Henry's house, right? And then, and then, um, on the lot. And I mean, let, that's just a dream episode. That's like, we're just on the lot all week. <laughs> we can walk to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. I really um, loved watching this episode just cause it got, to, it took me back to our amazing times just on that lot and just yeah. the great times we had together. And it, it just really it put a little, brought a little tiny tear to my eye. Me too. Aww. But by the way, you're so right, Maggie, with that. It's like that as writers, too. I think like by epi- by season seven, you probably <laughs> won't see my name on a script that takes place in the woods. Totally. <laughs> I mean, you just <laughs> learn to like, you know, that's, yeah. I don't want to be in that cool warehouse location that we would always go to. What was that? Terminal. Um, was that Terminal called? City. Yeah. It looks yeah, yeah. amazing. Oh, it yeah. always City does. Deep. But you do not want to shoot there. It's no. like it's there's stuff that's like died there oh it, yeah you know. oh and and that place uh that was the uh, riverview yeah the riverview oh, mental riverview hospital yeah 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 yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah the institution no but terminal the city was like rat ha- the toxic rot rat haven yeah 100 looks amazing but don't write it <laughs> yeah you won't see me writing warehouses forest a lot of forest you know the the you know the the gvrd like you oh, know the, the greater Vancouver. don't have an interest in going you know to there on a night shoot no no yeah. no sound stages cafes movie theaters interior <laughs> locations <laughs> thank cafes, you Andy. always number one right restaurants diners always number one any it. location any location ex- location exteriors that are near a starbucks so maggie and i can go and run in between yeah. um, that's right. scenes yeah 
Yeah. But, but the best gift you can give yourself is, and it's rare because it's more costly, but getting to shoot downtown. Oh. We didn't do it that often, but when it would happen, like the courthouse. <sighs> yeah. Right you know, right, yeah, right around the corner from Artigiano. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like kitty corner to Artigiano. Yeah. Like walking distance from the Sutton, oh. like a two block walk. Like, that was a gift you could give yourself. That actually, write that in. You're right. That actually might be dreamier um, because then you you're drive wise too. Like your morning starts later. Everything starts later because you only have to go a couple of blocks. Oh, that was you good. You don't even too. have to drive to the soundstage. You're just no. like a downtown. But it was always really expensive, and we didn't do it that often. I could hit a JJ I'm Bean, just, get my own coffee on the way to work. Yeah, I remember uh, what w- what did we do? Um, Cloudy Chance of Murder, which so much of that was uh, at the Vancouver Art Gallery, right? The Art Gallery, which we yes. used, yes. which yes. always doubled as the yeah. courthouse. Also, steps. Yeah. like walkable. <laughs> but wait, wasn't the Steve would know this, and I think I was up there. I don't know what was his or mine or both of us. We shot at uh, the Sutton. What for? What? Yeah, we shot when? in a hotel room at the Sutton, didn't oh. we? For which episode? Was that cloudy? I can't remember. That's oh, okay. a good trivia question, too. It is like another one. Well, Steve listens, so maybe he'll he'll weigh yeah. in. We, ha- we have him, hopefully, uh, we're going to have him back, hopefully, in a couple episodes. So, yeah. Okay, did you two, I'm guessing that's you and I, Tim, uh, wish you could have been in on the telenovela fun? I mean, yeah, but also, say, I felt see. like we had such... We had such a good storyline, though, too. So, I mean, we were there. We got to, like, watch and laugh our heads off, but... Um, Sure, it would have been fun to had what what would sure. our characters have been, Tim? <laughs> uh, what, I would, there's nothing I could have done that would have been funnier and more wonderful than what James was doing. So exactly. I actually just thought of something post script that would have been amazing for you guys that we could have done. Bring it. But it might have been pushing it. Well, because the last show was live, right? We had to do the, yes. the, in the story, it had to be live. And it there was danger. We thought the murderer might have like so rather than you guys just being in the sound state, you could have been extra, like you have to be close and background. Proximity. Like it scene. could have been like, we're never going to make it there for 50 feet away. We have to be within nine feet of, you know, what's happening or we're not going to be able to stop this. And it could have put the two of you in the scene, although it was shot in her house or whatever. Uh, well, the, the if we get to remake another episode, yeah. I would, I would yeah. vote for Homicidio. That yeah. could have been fun. That could have been fun. Yeah. As long as I still get to say, hola, me llamo Carlton Lasseter, me gusta queso. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so cute. It's, still the mo- it's the most Spanish I know. Oh, here we go. So this is for you, Andy. I'm so curious about all of the telenovela character development. How were they created? Were the storylines from real soap operas? Um, this is what's funny. You can't really make a Spanish soap opera broader than what a Spanish soap opera is or any <laughs> soap opera. So that's why the world was so fun and great because there's really no... I, we all know the classic, like, they're twins. No, they're triplets. No, the thing is, like, that. you know, like there was no plot line to the story that was going to seem too crazy or outlandish. Right. Right. There's so, a, great, a great line that Sal has in the writer's room where he says, um, she's already sleeping with her nephew. She can't be a nun. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Okay. Uh, was the food on set, which we kind of addressed, um, of the soap opera actually the food you guys had on set? Um, yes. Yeah, because it's Kelly. Kelly made all the yeah. food, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. This episode um, really is a love letter to Kelly Crafty. It is. It, is. it really it is. is. Okay, so, so uh, Sean says he shot 83 pages in one day for the soap opera. How many pages does Sykes shoot in a day? You Six, guys know this. Seven? 
Oh no. Oh. <laughs> no, I, would, I would deferred that to Berman. Certainly, I never paid attention. Attention. I don't know. Well, our, we've had records, but uh, we shot the show in seven days, a one-hour show, which is unbelievable now. That and it's a testament to obviously of. you guys and our crew. Yeah. On, like there's, I don't even think it can be done anymore. Yeah. And so we were averaging. We would oftentimes if it was a soundstage day, it would be nine or ten pages on the soundstage because you could right. shoot a lot more on the stages because lighting was already sort of built in and you could just go 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 go. But out. I would say it was definitely seven or eight pages. We rarely had a five or a six page day. And on a show like a regular network one hour, it would probably be four pages, four to five pages a day. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. We were, it's we were wild. almost double sometimes, almost yeah. double what every, so obviously not soap opera where you just turn the camera on and like go and everything stay, but it's like for a single camera show, moving cameras around and, and go, we, we'd often go to two, lo- two, three locations in a day, make a 12, 13 hour day and shoot like nine or 10 pages. It's just crazy. Unbelievable. We had an unbelievable crew. Unbelievable crew. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, last question. Favorite. Well, we've kind of answered this as well. I'll, I'm just going to say favorite crafty meal on set on the count of three. One, two, three. Thanksgiving Berman's Day sandwich. sandwich. Oh, come on. It's Berman's Nuts. <laughs> Berman's Nuts. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Anyway, no, uh, that's so funny. Um, Wait, didn't, I'm sorry. I thought they said favorite sandwich. Does it? Favorite crafty meal. That's true. Oh. I guess the sandwich is more of a meal. Yeah. I mean, look, look, Berman's Nuts, I'm not not to um, say they're small, but <laughs> they are more than a meal. Oh, boy. Well, it depends on how large the bowl you put the nuts into. It. Like, I mean... It's I not would about eat, the bowl, and it's about the nuts. We are twelve, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I mean, I think everyone is on some level, but I, I like blushed when we, when we, when we're, we're talking about Berman's nuts, whether on but set, yeah, how off many, set, how or, many years yeah. later we're still talking about Berman's nuts? <laughs> They're really burned in our brain. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right. That's, I mean, those are our, that was our, that was our episode. Does anyone have any more? Oh, I have one thing I have to, to, cause I think for years, anytime anyone said, wow, they did Roday doing his wow. In wow. This. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it made me laugh all over again, watching it. It was so, so, so funny. And I'm like, oh yeah, we did that for a long time. It made me laugh. Any, anything else that anybody wants to add in? I got a, I got a closing thought. After, yeah. considering I just watched this episode this morning for my rewatch podcast, um, no, the thought was again, I've already mentioned how much I loved be- seeing that lot again. And um, just really like Im- how amazing James was in this episode, but also just how um, what an incredible writer team we had to wow. get to do something this inventive. And then how this was a precursor to the amazing stuff we have coming up in seasons ahead. Yeah, yeah I appreciate kind of- that. That's great. And it's true. I mean, yeah, Roday just like that was the thing. He embraced it so fully that he sold anything that would be questionable. He just sold it beyond, which justified why we did it. Yeah, I would actually say that because he committed so fully and the performance, it opened the door for everything that was to come as far as like pushing the envelope. Because if he had not done that, if he had only half heartedly, or if it didn't work out, or if it wasn't, we would have pulled so far back. And the, and the studio and network perfect. would have said, let's not go that, that crossed the line already. Let's not go that broad. Let's not go that big. 
let's keep this thing grounded. Like absolutely we would have changed the trajectory of the thing. And, and yeah, I think we got to give James credit on that one for this. My answer would be yes. Yes. Yeah. You, you took the words out of my mouth, Andy. I was just like this really busted open, blew everything wide open, I think, because it was, I mean, but you wrote it. So you were like, you knew Roday. I mean, I, you knew he'd be up for the challenge and, and it's a perfect episode that could be kind of silly if not. Yeah. And instead it's kind of brilliant. Like in that, wow. and it, no, it is like, it really, I I'm with you. I think it really, this was like a marker for, Oh, he can, you can, we can do, we can do anything. And yeah, it's like, look, still in line with psych. Yeah. But like, we're still us. Well, also, I'd have to probably, I'd say, and I don't re- recall this, like, specifically, but, like, Steve and the writer's room and, like, whoever, like, the, the idea that the story was put through its paces and that the clues were put through their paces and that we weren't allowed to just completely, like, fold on that or just be like, hey, this, this is a fun ride, so forget about that, probably helped a lot, too. Yeah. That, that these were kind of put to the test. I mean, this synthetic hair is like neither here nor there. It's a little bit, you know, but the the emotional turns and the idea of like how they're figuring the case out and what's leading, you know, and the twists of, you know, oh, it's he's in the hospital and we can't talk to him, but he's, you know, like, I think that helped that the case was attended to. Yeah, never lost momentum. I would yeah. like to quote an actress quoting an a writer saying, yes, those writers, they're like geniuses. Andy, we love you so much. Um, I love you guys. We cannot wait to have you back. Thank you for for being here with us on this Memorial Day. Uh, And we will have you back very, very, very soon. Yay, that was such a fun episode. Thank you, Andy, for being here again. We just love you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 13 of The Psychologists Are In. We love you so much. Follow us on Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. See you all next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.